0: Welcome to the Paperweight. I'm your host, Tamar Prager. I've been thinking, thinking a lot about a long hiatus that I've taken from recording some episodes and what I was really doing and why I needed to take some time away. And the simple answer is because I wasn't really feeling inspired and I didn't want to push anything On anyone and I think when we're not feeling inspired yet we're trying to teach or to guide or to share there's a kind of effort that's involved and I think that effort is felt and received as something that's maybe being pushed in a way that's not authentic and so I wanted to wait until I really felt ready and felt like my guidance was coming from a place that felt good on my end and therefore Um, a place that felt good on your end. I was having a conversation with a friend about giving ourselves permission to do different things, whether it's treating ourselves or um, just making a decision to do something or to be someone that we're not typically, that we don't typically decide to be or something that we don't typically decide to do. Why do we need to give ourselves permission? When we, when we enter into someone else's space, physically, emotionally, otherwise, right? we need to ask permission. But when we're already in our own skin, in our own head, in our own heart, why are we asking ourselves permission? It's as if we don't feel like we deserve whatever it is or we're not ready. We need some kind of pause. We need to make sure it's okay. And what I realized in talking to this friend, she helped me realize, is that if we are in the habit of asking ourselves for permission to be good to ourselves, to do things that that are kind to our bodies, or mental mental health then we probably won't have a very easy time letting things go we will also feel like we need to ask permission to do that instead of simply feeling ready to let something go to throw it out to have it move on and then to just do the thing right there needs to be this pause This asking of permission, can we, are we allowed, should we, what's at stake, can we really do that? And if we're not in the habit of doing that, of just following through on something that we want, on something that we need and giving ourselves those things, then we probably won't feel ready to do something like clearing out our space, which is so good for us, which is necessary for some people on a daily basis, for other people from time to time. But if you think about it, how could not clearing out our space be okay? Our bodies and the natural world too goes through this process of growth and then shedding and you know renewal and then new growth and then shedding and renewal and you know you can think about the different cells in our body and when new cells excuse me when current cells have lived out their lifespan and they die new cells are produced new blood cells new Whatever it is, whatever type of cells we're talking about. Um, And why wouldn't then that process apply to our surroundings? Doesn't it make sense that things that we've accumulated over the years and that are now filling our bedrooms and bathrooms and kitchens and dining rooms, and playrooms, and bedrooms, and attics, and garages, and studies, all of these places. Doesn't it make sense that we will have accumulated items that we're not looking at anymore, we're not using? They're, they're literally just lying there, taking up space, and causing us, every time we pass by them, to question why we're holding on to them. So I'd like to urge you to to really think about it in this way. If without even thinking about it, our own bodies are shedding themselves, are ridding themselves, are letting go of the old, of what has already been utilized and served its purpose, if we can let go and automatically go through a period of growth and renewal, shouldn't we look into doing that for our surroundings our surroundings can't do it on their own the natural world does it on its own whether it's our bodies whether it's forests or oceans there's a process of cleansing that happens naturally i would imagine in some environment environments it's a in a cyclical fashion and in some environments it's more Uh, random, if you will. And it happens in our home environments that are man-made when we decide to take action. When we impose a behavior on the environment. Right? If we have laundry that has been washed and dried, we take action. And either we take action and fold the clothing and fold the sheets and put them back where they belong, put them back in their their home or we don't and they kind of hang out so environments get created and get changed based on our actions so if we want to envision a particular environment we then have to envision what behaviors we need to exact on that environment In order to reach that that final you know vision that we have so you can reverse engineer it and say well if i don't want to have the three filing boxes full of taxes from 1997 98 99 that i don't need that i really don't want what do i have to do to them well either you just decide to shred them where you decide to look through them, which you don't need to do before deciding whether to throw them out. But you might want to, but you don't need to, right? It's it's that decision tree. It's that decision tree that trips people up. What's the next best step? What decision do I have to make? I think what allows us to be most successful in decluttering in letting go is setting up the situation so that it's not a hard decision to make. So if we were going through a box of photos, I always tell this to my clients, go for the low-hanging fruit first with whatever you're going through. If you're going through a box of photos, don't start with wedding pictures. Don't start with pictures of children or loved ones. Start with pictures that are completely out of focus, or duplicates, or pictures of people that you don't even recognize. They somehow made it into your house. Because those are easy, or certainly easier to let go of. They don't have any purpose. They don't serve any purpose. They don't have value. They're not doing anything to your heart. You can check in and if there's kind of a neutral feeling about it, you know that's a that, that's a perfect a perfect place to um to let go from. And then, as you flex that muscle of letting go and you kind of begin to understand the concept of holding on to what's essential for your soul, your heart, whatever then it becomes easier and easier, and it makes more sense to let go of all of the other items, and it becomes easier to make those decisions because you have become more in tune with and more aligned with what is actually essential for you. And that's really the takeaway. I would recommend sitting Quietly, and trying to really understand and figure out and determine what's essential for you what, what do you really need what do you really want in your house what stuff do you want to cohabitate with what feelings do you want in the house and if it makes it any simpler I can tell you I really want those items that are being used that are being worn that are being used to cook with. Papers that are being looked at or very, very special photographs or papers that I will always want to have close by just to revisit. If there are beautiful clothes that are simply not getting worn by anybody, I let them go. I donate them. If there are utensils or bowls or extra vases in my kitchen that no one is using and that I will not use I let them go I I can donate those as well and then what you're left with are only those items that you're using doesn't that make sense you can find what you need you're not pushing around things that you're not using that are simply taking up space and complicating matters And certainly when it comes to papers, where we can have thousands of them, if we whittle away at it, and you're only left with all of those papers that speak to you, that rattle you on the inside in a good way, or that wake you up on the inside in a good way, then you're left with what's speaking to you. You're left with what what you're aligned with, what you want to revisit. That's the key, what do you want to revisit? What do you want to have a relationship with in your home? Do you want to have a relationship with clothing that you never wear? The question becomes, why would you want to have a relationship with that? Why would you want to have to manage that? Do you want to have a relationship with old textbooks that you've never looked at since you finished school? And you, you don't foresee yourself having to. What do you want to have an ongoing relationship with? And by that, I mean, what do you want to expend energy on? So I want to leave you with that. Think about what you want to align with, where you want your energy to go and what you want to receive from. If I look at a beautiful letter that was written to me by a parent, by my parent, right? What am I receiving from that? What am I receiving? If it's something that floods me with positive emotion and feeling loved and nurtured, I would say that's something to hold on to. But if it's, well, if it's a card that was written by a friend that I'm not really friendly with anymore, or a person that's not really in my life anymore, It could be a very positive, nice card, but it doesn't speak to me anymore. I have a much easier time saying, it was so lovely to revisit this. I'm ready to let it go. I'm ready to let it go. I'm not really aligned in that place anymore with that person. And it it starts to make sense. The more you test it out, the more you think about your items in this way, what you're aligned with. I wish you all a wonderful summer I will probably be back during the summer and I hope you're all doing well staying healthy and happy and being good to yourself and giving yourselves the permission to find joy to find peace and actually just to find yourselves in some way, in some small way every day, bike.